What's up, everybody? It is Hot Take without the Hot Take here. Welcome back to another episode of Junior Senior Two Views. We are back with the blocked content. Joe, how you doing, man? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me back on. Um, it's been a couple of weeks. There's been plenty on. Not all of it, you know, necessary to talk about in any significant detail, lest it break my heart. But you know, we got we got plenty of basketball to talk about. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to mourn the death of a once great empire in the Golden State Warriors. We're going to let you have your lamentation. The floor is yours. What do you think uh, uh, was the the really catalyst that killed off your Warriors in this series? I would say that the catalyst started before uh, a ball was even bounced when one of the leaders of the franchise punched the new kid in the head. Uh, and as much as they tried to deny it all season that it wasn't an issue, now that the season's over, suddenly Draymond and Kerr have all come out and said, oh, maybe it was a big deal that that we had a major crisis before we'd even started the season. Um, they also had, you know, it was just, it was at the end of the day, the same issues that they had all regular season were the ones that, that, put, the, that put them out of the playoffs. The bench production was pretty lousy. They couldn't get consistent scoring out of anyone but Curry. Uh, at the end of the day, they just didn't have the troops, didn't have the legs. It's you look at all these teams that are left, and you know the teams, uh, every other playoff team, and everyone knew who they were for the most part, and their rotation didn't have very many young guys. So the Warriors had a weird team, bunch of young guys, didn't really make all that much sense. Big off season though, um, Bob Myers, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, all their future is in the air. But um, hey, the New Zelda game is good. <laughs> He's trying to distract himself from the Warriors. But look, looking at that game six, I mean, it's exactly how you said. Curry had 32. Uh, Draymond put up his signature triple single. Uh, Wiggins had six, two, and two. Uh, DiVincenzo was the only other guy with double digits. I mean, compare that to the Lakers who had much more spread out scoring. LeBron had 30, Reeves had 23, Davis had 17 points, but 20 rebounds. Uh, D'Angelo had 19, Lonnie Walker had 13. I mean, what are you thinking, senior? I look at a couple things. I think clearly uh, the, the era of those guys the big three is over. I mean, fair enough. You made made the point there, Joe, about Draymond and the punch. So, I mean, it's kind of in the Golden State said, Jordan Poole, here's a contract for you, but nothing for Draymond. We won't talk about it now until the end of the season. And then they were outsized. They didn't have enough size. Andrew Wiggins went MIA for several, a whole bunch of games. So there's certainly room for improvement. Obviously, Steph, Steph he's not going anywhere. He's a face of the franchise so they got to reload and I don't know if you really give Clay Thompson that kind of money he disappeared in in game six he was nowhere to be found and neither was Draymond so um you know time was time was coming and now they'll have to make some decisions that will be difficult ones I, I don't think you bring Draymond Green back I think Draymond can probably be on another team I don't know if it'll be as impactful as it's been with the Warriors but I think you move on from a couple of those guys and try to give Steph uh, some new uh, new castmates on his team because it's his team. It's weird to go into an offseason and not have the answers be obvious. They have been for so many years. Like last year, the biggest concern was what's the number for Wiggins and what's the number for Looney? And they both came back being pretty reasonable numbers that you know the, the franchise can swallow. The tax bill's huge and, and the new CBA is going to be a problem for them. But now that's that's part of it. Like Draymond and Clay have the potential to ask for max money. And, you know, this is career only lasts for so long. They're entitled to ask for it. Whether the Warriors give it or not is probably, you know, that's a decision that takes a couple of hours of sitting down and, and really looking at where does this land if Clay, Steph and Draymond combined make $200 million in a year. Yeah, that I makes just, me, I don't like saying that out loud. <laughs> I don't see that being feasible. Why would you pay? Like, look, Draymond is a, is without a doubt the key cog to why the Warriors have been so good defensively in the past. But 
He's also been what's been holding them back the past couple of years. And I think it's it really showed this season. I mean, I'm I mean, the whole triple single jokes back in the day, or right now, uh are, are funny until they really start showing on the court to the eye test. I mean, and it's obvious that he was detrimental to that the team morale. The punch was definitely a sticking point in that locker room. And there just seemed to be a disconnect all season long between the vets and the young guys. I mean, they looking from last off season, I could see what the Warriors were trying to do. They were trying to sort of have their their core of the future with Poole and Wiggins and whatnot, um, trying to sort of shift over from that. And then they had the Wiseman thing and then the Moody thing and the Kaminga thing. But it just they they got to pick a side now. They got to pick a side now. I I could definitely see a possibility where both Clay and Dre are gone. I really could. They're, they're already paying a huge tax bill without making a single move. I don't see you paying max money to Clay, even though he's a he's one of the faces of the franchise. You're definitely not paying max money to Draymond, not with the problems he's caused. That would be poor management, in my opinion. Yeah, I just want him. I want him on the team. <laughs> yeah, as much as the the realist in me knows that really, if it's Steph, Wiggins, Looney, and seven other dudes, then that, that's fine. Like you can construct whatever roster you want around the flexibility that those three guys give you. The Warriors did lack size, but they've always lacked size. Like the biggest guy they've ever had is Bogut. Bogut only ever played fifteen minutes a game, so it's kind of. You know, it's institutionalized their lack <laughs> that, of size. But it's that's what that they do. But they had, well, they had Bog. Well, they historically had Boga, right? And we know they also had Zaza at one point. So they always had the center that didn't have to do much. You know, Andrew Bogut, toward the end of his career, really, Andrew, just stand there and put your arms in the air. Really, that's all you have to do. Draw some fouls. You get a couple points. But they were really exposed in this series because Anthony Davis was just, he was a he was a kid at play. I mean, he was just whoever they got on him, Kaminga, see you later. The uh, next guy, see you later. So I mean, yeah, I guess historically they never needed the size, but that kind of hurt them in this series. But as we've said, it's evolution. Well, the it's best player in the world right now are the biggest guys to move on. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah and your no point more. there, your point That's, there was well, was perfect. Um but I want to sort of before we do go on to those conf- these conference finals, I do want to. I went on a big rant about the Philadelphia 76ers collapse um, on the on our little podcast. But I want to get your opinion on everything. No, not at all. No. Not at all. Not at all. I, I wasn't. I wasn't there to witness it. I wasn't there to hear it at all. Not at all. Didn't. Don't remember it. <laughs> Well, I come to you a Philly hater, and I come to you a very satisfied Philly hater because all the <laughs> things that made me a Philly hater are the reasons that they lost games six and seven. Unfortunately, I'm also a Tatum hater, so you know it's kind of hard to, <laughs> to take those hand in hand. But watching another series where as soon as the rubber hits the road, the offense falls apart, it becomes Embiid elbow, not getting the ball until 15 seconds have already passed. Tobias Harris sets a screen and then goes off and stands and does nothing. James Harden just at the basket, not even look at the rim. And the other, the defense, okay, PJ Tucker beat us, and they can't. This happened. How many years? <laughs> you called it. You you literally called it, a, like, I think on our first meeting where you're like, when's the time when they make some silly moves or Harden disappears or um, Doc makes a bad, bad uh, decision? I can't even blame Doc for Game Seven. His the guys just did not show no. up. No, uh, you go back that third quarter. They scored. Um, yeah, between, I, I was, the, yeah. between the third. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry. But between the start of the third and one minute thirty, they scored three buckets. That's not coaching. That's yeah. execution. That's the player's job. Yeah, I could see that. In the, I think but, I'm looking back at game six. 
Yeah. Game six was the game that really, I think, typified what happened. I think the, you know, because the Sixers were ahead, they were in charge. It looked like they were going to take the series. And then suddenly they just started getting tight. They weren't hitting shots. Tatum was hitting shots. Um, game seven, they just let things, they just, you could see the body language and the energy just leave right out of the team once Tatum started hitting his shots. And then, you know, I think Doc already had a little a go bag ready to pack because you knew the hammer was going to fall the minute the game was over. And sure enough, less than 24 hours later, uh, Arrivederci. So I, it, you know, Doc Rivers is 0-10 in game sevens. And the only, the closest coach to that is Pat Riley. So that's not a good, that's not a good statistic. And yeah, I think that they, they hit their ceiling. And I mean, look, there's some serious questions for this team now because James Harden is going to want his money. Does he want his money with Philly? Does he want his money at Houston? He could go to Houston and just sit around. And reportedly, he went out to Vegas during the playoffs. Doc Rivers said, go, go have some fun and then come back. So it, it makes you wonder, it, you know, does James Harden really want to win a championship? Is he that serious? So now they have to decide whether or not they want to give him a Supermax contract at age 34. Um, I don't know. And Joel Embiid didn't show up. So I don't know how much tinkering they can do. You know, I'm only, I'm Junior only... said, uh, tear it down. I don't know. You can't, there's, there's, I'm only reminded of the one. There's um, parts there. I'm only reminded of that one fateful meme from Far Cry 3. Did I ever tell you the definition of insanity? Because that's what it is with this team, this Philadelphia 76ers team. They slapped on the process saying, no, we're sick and tired of losing to the Boston Celtics. And then they proceed to build up their team over years and years and then a coup d'etat and then years and years and have to sit around through drama, needless drama, only to experience the exact same fate they were trying to avoid. It's just, it just comes around full circle. What's funny, what's funny here is reportedly Ben Simmons had a shout out and shout out a meme, went on Twitter and shouted out something. I mean, Ben Simmons, really? The last person who should be making any criticism I mean, about look, any player or team is Ben Simmons. I mean, look, it was a get really? back. It was a get back because yeah. when uh, Ben Simmons was traded, Embiid uh, put that one meme of showing up at my my enemy's funeral to make sure he's dead. So, oh well, look, I don't think I think if Ben Simmons had got the, had was, was playing and got the next to the a further position in the in the playoffs and was active and was impactful, then I would say fine. Ben Simmons could certainly have a little credibility, but he's the last person that should be posting anything, but that's besides the point. Um, yeah, now they got to look for a coach. So here's a question, and this question this question be for Joe. If you're the GM, if, oh, if you're a prospective coach, which which team are you looking for first? The Bucks, In order, Bucks, Sixers, or Suns? Which which of those teams, as a coach, you'd be like, I, could, I would like to coach that team over the other team? I would say in order, the Bucks, the Suns, the Sixers. In the Bucks, you've got you do have roster construction issues, and they've got to figure out what they're going to do with Middleton and Lopez. But you've got Giannis, and you've got a reliable superstar who has has shown himself to be unselfish at times, and has shown himself to be an absolutely dominant player. Um, I think that's a pretty ready situation to slot in. Very high expectation, but all these teams are very high expectations. Um, following that, the Suns, because you figure if you're a coach, like you get you get given these these incredible toys to play with in in Durant and Booker, and you just get to throw them out there, and and so much of your of of your game plan can rely on they will be and they have the the ability to do that in the sec in the second round, and then Philly is just like, man, I don't want to, I wouldn't want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be the third guy on the hook for the same superstar who had failed to make it out of the second round. Oh. All right, moving but on. But there's guys, like the, the market out there is nice. Yeah. You know, Monty's a great coach. I feel bad for him getting fired. I don't think he really deserved it compared to the other dudes. There's rumors of Ty Lue being out there. Like, these spots will go. I think he would have not. I, 
I kind of think that Mon- I kind of think Monty was going to get it. If, if it's the second season where you're at home in a pivotal, pivotal situation, you know, a pivotal moment, and you get blown out for the second straight year, you knew it was coming. I mean, that's yeah. another guy who should have had his gold bag packed up, ready to go as soon as the game was over. So not only we'll move that, forward. Not only that, um, they basically the Lakers. I'm down <laughs> not only that, they blew up their bench to get him a superstar in Kevin Durant. So the franchise was like, okay, we've done this for you. Now win us a ring. And you do the exact same result as last year without that said superstar. So I I believe Monty Williams was going was going to get the axe, even though I like Monty Williams as a coach. But moving on here, conference final time. Oh boy, it is some uh, it's some interesting times right now. Uh, so the first one obviously has been completed. The Western Conference, the Lakers got swept. Uh, the Nugs are heading to their first ever NBA Sweet. Finals. In franchise history, I mean, I watched. I was watching that game for a nug the nugs nuggets, but I was watching that game for at uni with on the TV, and that shot from Nikola Jokic where he stepped back, raised his foot off balance, and hit it as a three. I was like, yeah, it's this is over. His second one footer over AD in yeah in the series, like <laughs> man, that guy just makes shots. I love every minute of watching Jokic. Um, I'll lead the procession in terms of Lakers sympathy. Conclude, <laughs> and yeah. yeah, like I just I'm I'm happy for the Nugs getting in. I really uh, I really enjoy this team. I think they've just gotten better every round. Uh, we're just seeing more and more of them, and and them getting more comfortable and mature in, in their offense and their defense has stepped up in the, in, um, I mean, they're still getting a hundred points put on them every night, but I think that defensively there are things that they are showing through the playoffs that they weren't showing in, um, in the regular season where they perhaps looked a bit, a, a bit, um, a bit weak and pursuable, but it's really only been those occasions where a guy like Luca can exploit Jokic and bring him all the way up to the hash mark on a, on a pick and roll. And no one in the playoffs has been able to do that. And I don't think anyone's got the the troops to do it of the remaining teams anyway, out, out East. Yeah. The, the nuggets look really, really complete. I mean, their bench is easily the deepest left in the playoffs. I'm, we finally saw, I think the, the main question I had coming out of, their playoff run last year, which ended in disappointment, was if can Jamal Murray come back healthy? And he's come back healthy, and he's been great. He's been brilliant. He averaged thirty-two points in that series, and he shot the like he shot the ball, and it was great to see him step up in the moments when Jokic was taking a backseat, and they could kind of play off each other. Where you know you saw in in Game Three. Murray had a tough game and, and came good at the end. And then in game four, or maybe I might be getting games confused here. Um, and he, he came out and had 30 points off. And then Jokic is able to come and take over in the second half and, and run the show again. It's just, I feel as if they have yeah. Yeah. So, so much of a, so, something that none of these other teams have in that, like they know exactly what they're doing on every possession and they know, there is nothing clashing between all their players. It's just, you know, Jokic is running the, the point. Jamal's running screens off of him. Michael Porter shooters in the corner. KCP's in the other. And Aaron Gordon's in the dunker spot. And they're just going to run it, you know, possession after possession and find points every time. Yeah, I think that's a good point there, Joe. I, I, a couple of things. I think Denver as a team, you can see Jamal Murray's absence last year was was big big time and now he comes back and i watched the Kola Jokic and everything he does it just everything is in slow motion so i think people just get tranced by him because everything he does is a bounce here a bounce there a shot that takes like 10 minutes to leave his hand but it's just fluent. there's a depth to this bench the bench is deep you got guys like jeff green coming off the bench jeff green 
has been playing a lot of playoff basketball. KCP, both these guys have won championships. So they're sort of like the guys off the bench who could give you points. And they just, man, they, they just were able to, it was just a fluidity. And the good thing about the defense, something unheard of with Denver over the years. You know, this was, I can, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an older guy that remembers, you know, the Denver days of Alex English and Kiki Vandeway and, you know, Paul West, Westhead offense, which is all about points, 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 and forget about any kind of defense when Matumbo came along. So to see the Duggets just dominate the Lakers, I mean, it would have been just the Lakers would have pulled that one out. But clearly now, as a Lake, as a, as a, if you're a Lakers fan, there's a big question because now LeBron was sitting at the press conference going, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. I don't, I don't know if I want to, I, you know, I got to think about a few things. And then you, you, you can think about the people who are at that game, Zach uh, Nicholson and this stuff. Wait, hang on. Is that Kyrie Irving in the stands? Is that Kyrie Irving in the game watching what's going on? Hmm. So, you know, they're going to be making a move for Kyrie. <laughs> it just, you know, that's if that's not a cry out for Kyrie, I don't know what is. So get the K signal up in the sky and go get yourself some Kyrie Irving. Well, Trey Young was in the crowd too, but I don't think I think he was more there as the halftime entertainment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he would have been there just for that. I, I think Kyrie was more the see what you can cut, see what you can play with Kyrie. Look, see, and I mean, look, if you think about free agents this summer, he's right at the list. And you know, is Dallas going to give them the money? Did it work? Did the experiment really work? It was about 20 games of nothing. They didn't get to the playoffs. It doesn't look like it's a good fit. He, you know, LeBron will say, one more year, maybe. <laughs> Why not bring him in? That's, you know, it gives me a chance to rest. LeBron rested for four seconds. That's it. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to, oh. when it comes to LeBron, um, there's, Really, is there anything? I don't think there's really anything else left for him to prove. I mean, he's basically accomplished everything you could ever wish for as an NBA, as an NBA player, and then some. So it's only natural that he's he's 38 and he's thinking about retirement. And it's obvious to the seeing eye that he slowed down this series. He was not soon to be the, 39, not yeah, even 38. Yeah, he, it's like <laughs> like. It's it was uh, painfully obvious to anybody that he is not the same LeBron that we've known and loved for many many years now. He just um it just seemed like at times he 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 took a couple possessions off and um and it just it seemed like he was laboring at times and he couldn't really read the floor like he like he's been one to do. It just it seemed a little off. And so I don't, I, it didn't really surprise me that in the press conference, he's talking about that. And honestly, he has an opportunity to say, you know what, I'm done. I've had an amazing career and, but I'm retiring and he has a chance to go out on top, but is he, I don't, I I think, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's ready yet. Is it? Yeah. I think he'll stay if the Lakers make a move. That's what I was getting on to because is a he's in that sort of he's cut from the same cloth as uh those athletes like Brady and Gretzky and MJ who don't really feel ready yet to just retire to just up and leave. So I don't I don't think he's going to be leaving this offseason. What do you think, Joe? Well, one of the things to remember is that he's got the last dance crew following him around. So they need a cliffhanger to end the season on of will LeBron James return in season two of not the last dance. Uh, I don't believe a word of it. I mean, I guess LeBron doesn't really fit into the category of your typical $40 million a year earner, considering he probably earn, earns you know that every 45 seconds from Nike or whatever it is. But I, like LeBron's, he just averaged almost 30. It's year like it's year twenty for him. He's thirty eight, soon to be thirty nine. There are he doesn't look like you know he's not twenty twelve Heat LeBron, which was basically like the greatest physical specimen no. to ever play professional sport. But he's still like he said he even said it himself. He's probably better than ninety to ninety five percent of the league. <laughs> he made thirteen all NBA. <laughs> like, yeah, he's just he's, he's playing and he and he's right and you know what he's right and mm-hmm. yeah. 
And he's right, Joe. I agree with that. He's right. He has nothing to be. He, that's a statement no one can argue with. I, I think of MJ towards that tail end, you know, with the Wizards, and you could see it. You know, he wasn't going to the basket as much, fading away, fading away. You know, that whole, and you could just see it. I there's a difference physically. He's there now. Whether or not that's a shout out to AD. Now, Anthony, now, this is this is where the the rub lies. Because if you get someone like Kyrie Irving, you're expecting at least 30 games where he might not show up. And you have that with Anthony Davis, who gets injured. If he steps on a on a piece of plastic, he could be out for 35 games. So, you know, is it is it buy now, pay for it later? Because eventually LeBron will decide to walk away. And yeah. it won't be the Lakers telling him that. It'll be him telling the Lakers, that's it, I'm out, tapping out. And LeBron's so, always uh, he, it's it's so uh, on brand for LeBron to hold organizations hostage in the second half of his career. I mean, he did the exact same crap with uh, the Cavs when he returned to get them a championship. He short signed uh, a short like two short contracts and said, "Build me a winner right now," and do and bend to my will, and then I'll you can give me money and then I'll fuck off. I mean, it's the same type of thing that, that he's doing, but it's really, if would I do the same thing? Absolutely. I've got all the leverage. I've got all the leverage and I'm the great, I'm arguably the greatest basketball player ever. Obviously I'm going to have all of the leverage and I'm going to use that to my absolute advantage. Yeah, if I'm LeBron, I'm rocking up well, and saying I want another parking spot because it's a Tuesday, <laughs> and I feel right. like it. Yeah, <laughs> right. He just he just dropped well, forty in an elimination game against the best team in the league. Like he can do yeah. whatever. But he wants. let's let's think about let's think about that as well. Rob Palinka's got to get at least some honorable mention here. No, I mean he brought in guys who were considered castoffs by their teams. You know, he got Hachimura in. Uh, look, he got pieces uh, like uh, like right. you know. D'Angelo and stuff. I don't know if those pieces are long-term, but the Lakers don't have any draft picks in the first round. If they're going to make a move and get other players in, they're going to have to move the pieces in. You keep Hachimura, you keep Reeves. They've earned their right to be there. Do you keep but Lonnie? It's still going to be Ky- Ky- you, Kyrie. Do you, keep, do you keep Lonnie Walker as a bench piece? No, no. no. I don't keep Schroeder either. Bye. I don't keep the end. No, I, I, I have. If you if you want to yeah. free up space for Kyrie, yeah, you got They're gonna have to make a move. Period. Yeah, I think I think you let go. And, of Schre- it, I, I think yeah. you let go of Schroeder as well. He just hasn't. He hasn't really been all that. I guess he's like he's that low tier starter in the NBA. If you're completely out of options, you say, "Oh well." You throw your hands up and say, "Oh well, let's go." Like in Detroit, yeah, in Detroit, he'd be a starter. Yeah. It's like it's like for dinner. If there's no other, it's like for dinner. If there's no other options around, and there's that one janky red rooster down the road, you say, "Oh well, let's go over there." He's that's Schroeder. Whoa! I'm sorry, I won't take any slander against Red Rooster. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) but I don't know. (laughs) These are all good pieces, though, and they can turn them into sign and trade options. It like you know, there's the talk of the most the Lakers can give Austin Reeves is 50 million. Another team can give him 80 million. If the Lakers can negotiate a sign and trade with Austin Reeves at 50 million, that's suddenly a really valuable contract. And it's a good, you get decent production out of a guy that you don't have to pay as much as you would if you'd have signed him yourself. So that's kind of like a good negotiating chip. If they can somehow convince, they can trick Reeves into you're a Laker. See ya bud. Uh, well, Lonnie, they, well, I think that would definitely that be possible. <laughs> I think that would definitely be possible because, like, organizations do that all the time with valuable young pieces. They're like, okay, we know you can get this amount of money here, but we're a winning team. Stick with us for this amount of money, and we'll build a winner. So I think they might do that with Reeves. Blake Griffin got traded the year after the Clippers had a ceremony for him where they they faked raising his jersey into the rafters. NBA teams do not care. You can be traded for anything. There's no loyalty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep, we're going to move That's on. That's true. To, 
we're right. going to move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, the Boston Celtics said, don't let us get one. The Heat, the Heat <laughs> said, okay, we'll give you one. And they got one. So, but uh, is the gentleman's Yep. I, yeah. And I agree. I, I said this to senior <laughs> off, off broadcast. I, I, for some reason, I had this weird feeling about the Celtics and I thought they were going to go far. I thought they, they were actually going to win the championship. I realize what it is now. I was a pris- I have been a prisoner of last year's moment, last year's playoff run because last year's playoff run, I was extremely skeptical of the Celtics I was extremely skeptical because of their um, their weird locker room, because of their weird tendencies on the court. But they figured it out, and they went all the way to the finals and lost. But I figured they come into the season season and do well, and they did. And yet again, their tendencies has come have come up. I just again the same stuff that I've been skeptical about them in the past has come up again. So it's it's a weird thing. I I believe it's going to be a gentleman sweep because I don't th- I don't see this team pulling off a reverse sweep. What do you think, Joe? I watched the game on replay this afternoon. I wasn't able to watch it live, so I got it in like an hour and a half. They cut out you know cut out all the timeouts and the ads and so on. So it did you know I was able to just see the flow of the game and the way that Boston took over by, you know, hitting the same shots that they'd been taking all series, but actually making them in this game. But with about a minute to go, Eric Spolster Eric pulled his troops and they're all sitting on the bench. And to a man, every Heat player looked like they'd lost game seven. They were so devastated and furious at themselves and just had like a look in them. But they're like, so like... They lost one game in a seven-game series, and it was like the world had ended to them all. So I feel like Miami will can bounce back. Boston have an awful record at home in these playoffs, especially. They're, I think at this point they have a negative home record, and Miami are a great road team. The the threes when the threes hit, like Caleb, you know when Caleb Martin, Max Drews, Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent all have the games that they've been playing all series, then, you know, this is like, I, I love this Heat team, love watching them. We don't, the only thing is we don't get a finals game until next Friday, our time, 2nd of June. So if this series can stretch out, I'm kind of happy just for what. I also think there's another team that's rooting for this series to go a little bit further, and that's the Denver Nuggets because they want some rest. But um, if you're looking at the looking at the box score, uh, Butler had 29, uh, Bam had 10, Lowry had five, six, and eight in 28 minutes. And senior, you keep harping on about Lowry. Yeah, you, 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 you've senior, you've kept on harping about Lowry. I don't see it with this dude. He's washed. Caleb Martin, 16. No. <laughs> oh, well, well, I mean, look, I, I'll take this. I think the game, I think the series will end in six. I think, I honestly believe that they go back to Boston. There's going to be an energy there. And I think that Miami is going to be a bit overwhelmed by it. And they go back to South Beach and have a big party at South Beach and finish it off at game seven, game six. I think it's going to go six games. I think it's gonna. I think Boston is gonna defend that home court like nobody's business. I think. I think the thing about it is for Boston is they underestimated Miami and a lot of as if the other teams that did too. Just ask the Bucks, right? So you know Miami's tough. They play tough. They have Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra's out coached Joe Mazzula every step of the way, and. I think in game five, I think Boston wins game five, unfortunately, and it goes back to South Beach for game six. I can see that all happening. But you say, like, Miami are tough. They have tough players. They have a great coach. The Celtics cannot handle anything more. Like, it's a 10-point lead for them or they lose. (laughs) Like, they cannot handle adversity. They have poor leadership down the stretch. They forget what they're supposed to do. Joe Mazzulla forgets he has timeouts constantly. At the end of game two, it was a six-point game, 13 seconds on the clock. They just walked it out. Like, 
He did the he, he did he, he did a freaking Mike Tomlin. He did a Mike Tomlin for getting his timeouts. But I just it's the same issues I said. It's why I hopped hopped on the Celtics bandwagon in the playoffs last year because they overcame adversity. I'm like, okay, they finally figured it out. I and I actually said they would win that Buck series in in seven, and I believe that's exactly what they did. And then they went into the Eastern Conference Finals and overcame adversity. I'm like, okay, the finals would be their biggest challenge, but I still see them winning that. But they lost. And the same, but just like the ghost of Christmas past, their issues have come again. And it's the same thing with it. If I was a, a Celtics fan, I would feel really bitter about what's going on here because it's the same thing. Uh, it's like a lot of people like to harp on well harp, 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 harp. a lot of people like to harp on the whole Brown and Tatum thing. At least Tatum's actually doing something. Where the hell has Brown been? Oh where where? I'd love to know where he's been all series. He's been texting Steph Curry talking about <laughs> his twenty twenty four free agent. Yeah. They've had it look. It's either Jason Tatum scores and Jalen Brown doesn't or vice versa. And so that, you know, very few times in their series, the both of them have been in sync. And obviously, you know, the series in Philadelphia was the same story. Jason Tatum, no show, and suddenly shows up in the fourth quarter, game six. I I still say that this is going six games. I have a strange feeling. And go back to them. To, I didn't expect them to sweep the Celtics at all. Yeah. I thought the Celtics, the fact that the Celtics blew the first two games at home, but I don't, I think it's going to go six games. I think Miami gets the party in South beach in game six, finish them off in game six and start the finals. All right. Moving on. One of the great uh, traditions of the Australian sports cal- calendar is almost upon you. us. State of origin. Also known as constant pain for me every single year. Because I'm a tortured Blues fan who started watching him in the midst of the di- the dynasty, and Joe, obviously you're you're a Queensland fan. Uh, looking at these team lists, what do you make? Yeah, I'm of- kicking back. I'm loving this. Yeah. <laughs> what do you What do you make of uh, what Queensland has done with their selections? Well, obviously Queensland have buck tr- tradition in this series queensland known for pick and stick holding on to guys nate miles played state of origin you know around 2012 or 13 was playing the worst football of his career rocks up to state of origin wins the game for queensland basically so there's always been that attitude of pick guys who have done the job before and in this squad we are missing guys who have done the job before in the form of dane gagai one of our greatest centers like up in the echelon one of our leading try scorers a defensive savant almost at state of origin level um we've dropped we've dropped capewell who's been a really helpful part of the side he kind of fills in a lot of gaps for the for the defense and just good to have around and then ponga obviously at fullback is um will be spending a bit more time in club land i'm like i'm a bit au fait about the ponga dropping ponga was the best player on the field in game three but like he's had major major concussions he didn't look that great on the weekend and he he had the game before against the Cowboys where he looked like pretty incredible. But Walsh has had a good season. Walsh is, you know, Walsh is probably a a nice kind of home brand supplement for for Ponga. And meanwhile, on the other end, New South Wales is trying to pick and stick, which makes yeah. me think the days of pick and, the days of pick and stick are over. Yeah. Once, once New South Wales tries to copy something, it's done. I mean, uh, look, in some cases, looking at this team for me, in some cases, you had to pick and stick. I mean, when it comes to Latrell, you had to have him in that team. In my opinion, he's looking at the team. Oh, he's, he's the he's the best player out of that team. He's the most consistent leader of that locker room, especially in the big moments in State of Origin. He's shown up time and time again, and he deserved the spot. The rest of this team, I mean, Tedesco was a given. I love Tedesco, even as a Roosters fan and as a Blues fan, I absolutely adore him. And he deserved the number one. He's the C, so he was going to get it. What confuses me um, is the Luai pick. 
Uh, he had a couple of good games down the stretch. Uh, even though he was awful in games one and three last year, it, it just seems like they picked him because of that connection with Cleary. Speaking of Cleary, he's back. It, look, it, it's a weird thing because he he's so consistent for at club level. So consistent. He's he's an MVP candidate. Yet in Origin, he has these stretches where he just doesn't seem to have he's it. Not a yeah. big game player. Yeah, and then at times he he just disappears. Game one last year was was just like just Chinese water torture. Watching that offense do nothing. Like you can, me and uh, senior were sat in juniors at the junction. And I was like, why is this attack doing nothing? How many of, was Latrell and Travojevic really that buoying up this offense that much? Like, it, it was really painful to see. But what do you think, Senior? I just think it's, I think the key for New South Wales, for the Blues, is, you know, the, the quick play approach. I think because... Historically, the Maroons always have a very large forward pack. And, you know, the games that they've won recently, it's all about quick play of the ball, quick cutouts, you know, play the, play the left and right sides, ex- try to expose which side that Queensland will be weak on. But I think the pressure, I, I agree with Joe, I think sometimes the pressure just gets to the Blues. And now you ha- you're, you got Nick O'Han. I assume Nick O'Han is going to be the number six and not be a seven because that's technically his position. Hines is, and I Hines don't know if that's going to grow them off. So Hines is a 17. So they'll probably yeah, play so, him as back up. Okay. All right. Okay. So, I mean, it will be interesting to see um, what kind of steps they'll take to eliminate that. I think, you know, if, I think sometimes it's just Queensland spirit gets, gets a hold of and kind of play for more and they want it more. So I, I hope that's the difference this time that. around. And there's one game, there's one game in Adelaide. So that kind of makes it neutral ground. At least they don't the Blues don't have to see Queensland potentially twice in Queensland. But it'll be interesting an interesting series nonetheless. Well I've said it what confuses me. No, no, Sorry. no. What confuses me about the uh, about the blues team is I don't understand picking Coruscant and Coruscant only. And I understand the approach of keeping a spine together in <laughs> in Cleary, Luai, and Coruscant. They know how to play with each other, how to play together, but Coruscant's no longer with them. Coruscant, like Cook has been doing that job for years. And if you're going to have one guy play 80 minutes, Cook has been oh, playing yeah. 80 minutes at job. Origin for yeah. a year. And he, yeah. and Why not? he has yeah. that. He's. As a Queenslander, when get and run, I'm terrified because he can make something out of absolutely nothing. Yeah. And Trebojevic yeah. knows exactly when he's running and comes up off the shoulder. I don't see that happening as much with Coruscant. That pick didn't Coruscant's make any talented for sure. That pick made no sense to me. Why not have Cook as at least the backup? I get Coruscant, but why not have Cook as the backup? It like was, and what I, I mean. I guess you pick Hines, but if you're going to pick Hines, pick him as a starting 5'8". He's been more consistent than Luai, but I just, I've said this for time, and I have and I'll, and I came to this deep realization last year in, after Game 3, which that Game 3, it was an incredible game to watch from an, 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 uh, an entertainment standpoint. Uh, it had everything and more, but they came up short in Suncorp <laughs> and the, again, and I've said it for time. Now I came to this realization. It means more to Queensland and they've always had a culture since 2006, always had a culture of it, whoever comes in and puts on this Jersey, you go to war. And, and I, the blues have never had that. Um, at least from 2006 onwards, they have never had that. The blues have always been playing on the back foot. They've been paradoxically better when trailing and they've been chicken shit when they've had the lead. I saw it several times, especially that 
flagrant game three 2019 where they blew the 14 point lead or whatever it was 12 point lead double digit lead and i i you can I, you can attest for this senior i stormed off and kicked the bathroom door open because i was that angry that they blew that that freaking lead thank god an iconic moment saved it but at this point i it's the most it's probably the most dispassionate i've been for an origin series going into it because of that, because of my mentality towards it, they just got to show up. They just got to show some type of passion at some point. The chips, pure talent can only get you so far. You can't just rely on on Travojevic putting another well, grubber we'll into Latrell. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think that's the purpose of selections, right? So they can select now. See what game one looks like. If things, if the Blues were to get destroyed in game one, then obviously changes will have to be made. And that's what selections are. You only have so many spots and so many guys. You have other guys who stop playing rep, uh, you know, state of origin because they just don't want to anymore. And so you have to consider that as well. So I think they have to, you have to go with the selectors. They have a couple debutants in the Blues this time around. Yeah. See how it goes and let the chips fall where they may. And, Hopefully it's a win for the Blues. Fingers crossed. There's a saying that we have in Queensland, which is that New South Wales just doesn't get state of origin. And to hear to hear that expressed uh, from the opposite point of view and basically reach the same conclusion just brings me a lot of joy. And it, may, it brings me back to Ben Hunt running and running the length of the field after taking the ball on a weird kick from Cleary, trying to win the game by himself. And... Our boy, Benny Hunt, the man who dropped the 2015 grand final, redeeming himself, running down the lake of Suncorp Stadium of football. Man, I love that man. I've forgiven him. But I'm, you know, big risk by New South Wales, (laughs) TPJ. I mean, it's... it's... TPJ I've had a lot of experience with. I've had a lot of conniptions from him, but he is one of the most talented players in the league. If he's on, he can win that game on but on his own. He really can. It's like that 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 interception, I had my jaw was on the floor. I was like, why is why is Cleary what kind of instinct was that of a kick from Cleary? And how in the hell did Ben a man of Ben Hunt's stature manage to jump up with his arms? It was like the spirit of it was like the it was like friggin' Um, Langer on the sideline transferred all of his leadership powers over to Hunt to make him grow three inches in wingspan to get that ball and run the other length from the Caxton, Caxton Street end all the way to the other. It was it it was it's just another heartbreaking moment to add onto the onto the pile. I'm not I was alive when that Darren Lockyer um, interception happened. But I don't remember it. Thankfully, oh, yeah. Thankfully, oh, thankfully, I remember that. Thankfully, I don't remember it. But Ooh. I know, senior, you do, and you told me that you had your your head in your palms. But mm-hmm. <laughs> go into more detail. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. It's, oh, that's what no details required. required. Yeah, no details required. My but... my own. My own father in uh, we watched that game uh, in the house of some some family friends that we'd kind of only just known for about a month. And my dad, who is from Roma, the small country town where Darren Lockyer was born, was so happy and so proud that he got up from his chair and ran at the television. Like either he was going to hug it or tackle it, I don't know. Before realizing we were not in our own house, <laughs> stood and screamed and just ex- express joy in the most pure form. And then on the walk home, which was only about five minutes, he just, the only thing he said, oh, you don't, you don't fucking get it. You weren't there in the eighties when they had our boys in their jerseys. You don't get it. Oh, I love that. <laughs> See, that's what it's Rugby about. Rugby League turned me into a caveman. I, I could only have hatred and love. And I have love for 18 men right now wearing maroon. And I hate every other player. <laughs> See that's that's what it's about. Um, I mean, if I if New South Wales realize what they're playing for, and realizes that the amount of passion that because I believe fans in 
I've seen the passion that comes out of Blues fans. They they do care. They care so much. I care so much. They if they realize <laughs> what they're playing for and realize that it's bigger than just them, which Queenslanders have realized since a millennia, then I think they give themselves a fighting chance of winning consistently in state of origin year after year. But they've never learned that. They never learned what they're what they're playing for. Even when they broke the dynasty in 2014, I was on I was in year five at damn near tears when they won a series for the first time. Uh, for, for, for I saw them win a series for the first time. And again, the very next year, game three, 2014, they absolutely played the worst game I've ever seen any 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 sports team i support played ever was that the 50 or 60 nil or six, it was 50 the 50, six or whatever it was, it was at suncorp and it was the it was the 50 <laughs> point defeat and it was just <laughs> and i remember this one thing i said i remember this one thing i said we were at i believe it was at the juniors at the junction i went into the bathroom I came out and it was to one of my family friends. Uh, and I said to him, remember when Queensland, Queensland fans after the 2000 series climbed up on the bridge at Brisbane and took down their state flag and put up the New South Wales flag? Do, would After this game, do we have to do the same? I said that because that it was on that level of humiliation. It was that bad. It and it replay it replays in my head constantly that Justin Hodges conversion. That was just the icing. <laughs> That's right. The the icing on top of the worst Sunday imaginable. But hopefully the same <laughs> thing doesn't play out this year. But that is our show for this week. Or for for well this episode. If you're coming from any other platform, welcome. We do this thing twice a week for the playoffs. Next week we're gonna have uh a we're I think we'll have uh we'll preview the game. It, we will be very close to the game um of said state of origin game one in Adelaide. Uh thanks Joe for joining us once again. Uh hopefully we'll thanks be back. Have. Yep, hopefully we'll be back for the finals and we might just bring you back. Thanks, Joe. We might just bring you back uh to uh post mortem game one. But that's it, and we'll see you next episode.